Welcome to the World Fusion Show with your host, Derek Jordan, where we bring you interviews, video clips, and live in the studio playing with World Fusion composers and musicians. Hi, this is Derek Jordan. Welcome to the World Fusion Show, where we bring you the leading innovators in world fusion music. Today we're doing a special show about my mentor, Milford Graves, who recently passed on February 12th, 2021. Milford was loved and appreciated by so many people, and he was a drummer, and much more than that, though. He was actually a uh, herbalist, acupuncturist, martial artist, um, uh, scientist, scholar, teacher, and he deeply, deeply influenced so many people. I met Milford in 1974 when I uh, was a student at Bennington College, and I was already deeply, deeply um, into music. I was a singer-songwriter. I played violin, cello, piano, guitar, and I heard Milford play the congas and was just astounded because it was like he was talking, he was talking on the drum, on the congas, and I just knew that I had to learn as much as I could about the magic of what he was doing. Milford Graves changed my life in so many profound ways, and I owe him a debt of gratitude that I can never repay. So please enjoy this part one of our celebration of the life of Milford Graves. My name is Ben Whitman. Uh, I am a drummer and producer, and uh, I currently live in Toronto, Canada, but I actually grew up on Bennington College campus in the 70s. I was, I was a faculty brat. I was yeah. a fledgling drummer in high school and, you know, starting to get some stuff together. And uh, uh, it, what happened is one day I just heard this unbelievable, uh, just symphonic 
uh, tribal, incredible uh, sonic uh, tapestry of, of drums and percussion coming from Paul Robeson House. And I, I didn't know what it was. And I actually peeked my head in the door and saw uh, Milford uh, conducting one of his ensembles of the, of the college students. And I was just completely mesmerized and just, just completely awestruck by what was happening. And um, uh, I kind of didn't even quite understand it. it was so on such a deep level, what he was creating with the students there. And so after class, I went down and sort of sheepishly introduced myself and told him who I was. And, and he was just such one thing that always struck about Milford. He incredibly fierce and keen intellect, but such a kind spirit. And, and he just sort of, just, you know, kind of took me in for a minute and, and we just started talking and he said, Hey man, come, come to the ensemble, hang out whenever you want. Um, and so I sort of just became an informal regular um, at those ensembles whenever I could meet. And, and uh, one particular uh, kind of, I think this is such an example of what Milford could create and who he was. Uh, there, I was just hanging out at one of the college student ensembles and he was giving different students uh, different rhythms to play. And there was a bunch of different students. Uh, Derek, uh, Derek, maybe you were there as part of the ensemble. But uh, he had about maybe 10 or 15 of us playing. Um, but then all of a sudden, I, I started hearing singing. I actually started hearing uh, a vocal melody, like very clearly in the air. And so I looked up and looked around, and there were no singers. And, 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 and I wasn't understanding what was happening and, and uh, kind of mildly freaked out. And I kind of went over to Milford and I said, what? who's singing? I'm not hearing them. And he just kind of gave me this knowing smile. And he's like, yeah the combination of all these rhythms that I'm giving to everybody is creating this, the extra harmonics that are being generated, causing this melody. When I encountered Milford Graves, he made my life make sense because I come from nothing but doctors, scientists, musicians, educators, and we all are students. So in my mind, what he taught me goes far beyond what I can say in this short period of time. But what I will say is he really introduced me to what I call authentic pedagogy, which means that not only did he know his um, subject matter to the end, which is really important in my view when it comes to teaching, but he made it alive. He animated every topic. He was a master drummer, and that means a lot because not only a free drummer, a jazz drummer, but he was the conguero. And um, I was lost because I had this strong science thinking about becoming a doctor, but I loved music, and I didn't understand how they fit together. And when he put a folkway and a core record on, he introduced me to world music, and he introduced me to how rhythm is totally biological. Do doom 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 do That's the blues. It comes from the heart. All music comes from the heart to various degrees. He introduced those um, folkway and accord records and he juxtaposed them to Gepler heartbeat records a two record set that was for cardiologists that represented heartbeats 
of all kinds, maladies, malformations, different kinds of heartbeats. He put these heartbeats on. I listened to that record over and over again. Some of those heart rhythms like, oh, and other those rhythms I used to today. And he showed how if you're really in what we call the zone, you're going to go directly to the biological effect of that. I met Milford how many years ago? 45 years ago, something I don't really remember. But he really changed my life as he changed so many people's lives. He opened up the world of time and the nature of organic time. We would sit for hours playing the same part on drums for hours and just the experience of feeling them morphing and the nature of time to expand and contract impacted me so deeply. The other piece that, um, I mean, he was such a deep and kind man. And um, the other piece is I'm kind of famous for having very sensitive um, kinesthetic awareness, feeling in my body. And um, Milford and I started doing experiments together. I don't know how he knew that, but we started doing experiments with different um, natures of time and rhythms. And he would hook me up to all of these devices and machines and he would play something. And then he'd say, okay, Lise, what do you feel? And I would describe it exactly how it affected my body. And we did that throughout. I met him at Bennington College as a freshman. And um, we did that for many years at college and then after i when i moved back into the city and lived downtown we used to go on uh, i used to go on sunday mornings at the crack of dawn out to queens anyway really the truth is that milford expanded my view of the world and influenced and impacted what i've been able to offer to the world to such a profound depth and i'm so deeply grateful Milford Graves was an herbalist and was very interested in wild plants. And he got me interested in doing that as well. So I would spend hours and hours out in the woods trying to identify plants. One of the plants that he was most interested in was wild American ginseng. And I was spending a lot of time in the woods trying to find it. It actually took me many years, but I finally did discover it in a very large patch. Uh, in the woods, uh, in a place that I call Ginseng Valley. I was able to bring him there at one point and share that with him. And I think that really meant a lot to him that he got to see that wild ginseng in the, you know, out and a hundred plants. And I think it was a very special moment for him. Well, I know if you're talking about relating what you do to, to nature, man, you know what I mean? If you relate what you do to nature, man, then everything falls in place, man. So like I say, I want all kind of plants designed, everything I can, just to look at the shapes, man. And I just take them in. And boy, they'll start focusing. That's all you're seeing, man. Nature, man. My name is Barry Hyman. I'm from Southern Vermont. I had the pleasure and the privilege of studying with Milford for many years uh, uh, from the mid 70s 
I studied one-on-one -on -one with him, had an incredible number of hours of his time. And the most important thing that I could say about who he was, was how compassionate he was. He gave everything away and he gave everything to everybody. I never saw him a moment when he wasn't doing something for somebody. Uh, and he did a lot for me. I'm still trying to learn all the things he taught me. Uh, his his longtime students know that his way of teaching was to get you to study everything. If you want to study acupuncture, you have to study Western medicine too. Uh, and, and not just Chinese acupuncture, but modern German acupuncture and Japanese acupuncture and shiatsu and uh, herbal medicine, everything. He uh, His way of teaching was not either or but both uh, but what i want to talk about is uh, i every time i talked to milford for the last 40 years i would ask him about his research and his work and what he's doing and what he's excited about and many of his students and fans know that he had been working with heart sounds and that there was a famous experiment in Bologna, Italy, where uh, he performed on stage and there were human stem cells on stage that started to differentiate uh, by the stimulus of the vibration of Milford's drumming. We knew long ago, everybody knows that music has psychological effects on the player and the listener. And that's, uh, that's well known. Uh, look, digging a little deeper, music also has physiological effects on the macro level, especially low frequencies uh, are the wavelength comparable to the size of the human body. And so low frequencies like from a drum, Milford's drum or a bass, uh, affect your breathing, your heart, your digestion. They move the abdominal wall and have physiological effects. But what, what the research in the last few years of Milford's life seemed to point to, that he was learning about the molecular biology of medicinal music. Uh, the cell wall is a living thing and the cell wall moves, it vibrates when the cellular machinery or the cellular transport mechanisms are operating, the cell wall moves and these are frequencies, many of them are uh, frequencies in the audio spectrum. But what's interesting is that works two ways. If something is vibrating under its own power, like a living cell, that also means it's susceptible to being vibrated. It is a membrane. It can move with the, the frequencies that impact it. So not only might um, various kinds of vibration be ways that cells communicate with each other, but also this might be how medicinal music works on a cellular level. Milford's work in the last years of his life was uh, he would record the human heartbeat and then modify it through the algorithms he designed on a computer. Very, very complicated uh, digital audio processing. And then he would either play back the audio to people of this. He'd taken their heart recording and turned it into a melody. Um, or uh, sometimes he would have that audio waveform put into electroacupuncture needles. But the, the common theme all this time for since I met him in, in the mid 70s has been the effect of way, the medicinal effect of waveforms, whether it's the musical waveforms of him performing or whether it's the waveforms of electroacupuncture, which is the main thing I studied with him when I went to his institute, the International Center for Medicinal and Scientific Studies. And towards the end of his life, one thing he said many times 
Was it, how do you know when it's good? When he's performing, uh, how does he know what to play? When he's choosing the electroacupuncture waveform, how does he know what's the right frequency? And his answer was always the same. When you taste something, you know it's good, right? So I think that's the Milford Grave message that when he played the drums or when he did acupuncture or when he uh, uh, impacted with people in any way, just socially, body language, uh, facial expressions, uh, vocal language, he was always, the waveforms were intended to be harmonious, to be medicinal, to be therapeutic, to be soothing, to be stimulating, to be uh remarkable in a way that made the people he was with more alive. I've recorded many different types of heartbeats uh, in the clinic that I have in New York and people come in, sometimes they have problems with their emotion, you know, just the mind. Then sometimes people come in and they have problems with their body and they have all kind of illnesses. So I've recorded all of these heartbeats. And I've listened to the rhythm of these heartbeats, but also I've listened to the sound of the heartbeats. And then I found what kind of rhythm, what kind of sounds would be the sounds and the rhythms of people who have like illness, whether it is mental or physical. And then I record people who are very happy and very strong. And I've compared all of these here. And uh, I found that I can make drum rhythms like they do in African ritual music. That's very similar to the way the heart functions. Yeah. And people come in and they may be, have a heartbeat that is like illness. And I play a rhythm that is one that comes from like many people that has like a sound or rhythm of a good heartbeat. Yeah. And if I play these, then you can see people start to feel much more relaxed and more healed. My name is Paul Austerlitz. And I'm an ethnomusicologist and professor of music and Africana studies at Gettysburg College. And those endeavors, ethnomusicology, the study of world music, and especially in the Africana world, which means Africa and any place influenced by Africa, come straight out of my studies with Milford, you know, which started when I was 18 years old at Gettysburg at uh, Bennington College, you know. And really everything I've done as a professional has grown out of my um, experiences with Milford Graves. Um, he taught me about musics of different parts of the world and especially about the spiritual and healing traditions um, from African influenced countries. So you listen to him playing, he's playing like a, a free improvised style. But when I listen to him, I don't hear that. I hear bata rhythms, I hear Hindustani rhythms, you know, I hear the heart rhythms. There's no way to understand him fully, I think, if we don't really attend to everything that went into his work, you know, and he brought all these things together. That the guy that wears the feathers, the shaman, you know, the natural healer that uses the drum to heal, should actually be the same guy that wears the white lab coat to heal. They shouldn't be two different people. And he embodied that, you know, he was a scientist. He studied, he was a lab technician. He knew how to take blood samples and do all these manipulations to them and then read it and see what's going on in your body in a very Western way. But he also was a root man, you know, he knew how to use roots and plants to create medicines and acupuncture. He wasn't, he was very involved in African cultures 
but he was very universal. You know, he really wanted to bring something from every part of the world together because um, the human heart is the same no matter where you're from. Uh, my name is Dawood Bay. Uh, I'm an artist and photographer. I met Milford Graves in 1972. I would have been 19 years old uh, at that time. And I was still a drummer. I met Milford at the Storefront Museum in Jamaica, Queens. I lived in, uh, I lived in Jamaica, Queens, which is also uh, where Milford is from and was living at the time. And I saw uh, a sign or a poster up in the Storefront Museum saying that uh, Milford would be teaching uh, drumming classes. I certainly knew who he was, but hadn't met him at that time. So on the appointed day, uh, Saturday morning, uh, I showed up to the first class with Milford. And I guess you could say that the shape of the world changed for me uh, at that moment. Uh, the thing that I came to uh, appreciate uh, about Milford was the rigor of his practice. Uh, and through that rigor, finding a kind of freedom in that rigorous practice. The idea of being deeply steeped in the history of the thing that you're interested in, which Milford certainly was, going all the way back to his years, playing uh, Latin music and a whole range of music leading up to where he was when I met him, and somehow finding one's own voice within that space. And this idea of freedom is something that has stayed with me all those years. I'm 57 years old now. I met Milford when I was 19, and I've never forgotten this idea of freedom which comes with the responsibility to never take the easy way out, to never repeat oneself, to never get too comfortable doing the thing that one already knows how to do, to push beyond the conventions and to even push beyond the conventions that one ends up establishing for themselves. So I'm Jeff Reed. I met Professor Graves when I was 18 years old in 1975. Uh, I actually made a decision to study at Bennington College because he was there. Um, I had the opportunity to experience something which was a historic event. And I, I would like to share this because I think it could inform people's appreciation of the Bob Bitt record, which was recorded on Friday, March 20th, 1976. I say historic because I believe it was the only time that the music reached what I would call a, a, fever, a fever pitch similar to what you could imagine a, um, a voodoo ceremony or a Santeria type of thing where, you know, where spirits were involved. My name is Peter Reduta, and I was a student of Milford Graves for my whole Bennington um, school period. Um, and uh, in addition to being his student, 
I was a patient of his for his cardiology work. He took everyone's wrist pulse in one of the first in the first class that I took with him. And um, he looked at me very seriously after he took my pulse and said, you have a psychogenic heart arrhythmia. And he said, it's not it's benign, but um, it's something that gives you a little bit of funk. Your body works a little bit differently rhythmically from other people. So you're going to have to pave your own way. And I've really taken that advice my whole life. Um, and I've, I've, I've paved my own way because of what he told me, uh, is inside of me rhythmically functioning. And he did that for, for everybody he worked with. He wanted to unite people through the heart, um, in a literal scientific way. Uh, but the poetry of course there is beautiful. Uh, his teaching style was also just beautiful, uh, and really funny. One day I had been working on techniques that he taught me and I, he asked me to play in class and I played some things that are similar to him. And he just looked and he said, mock duck. And the whole class was like, mock duck. What's that? What kind of response is that? And he said, it looks like duck. It smells like duck, feels like duck, tastes like duck, but it's not duck. So his, his lesson there was don't try and be me, be yourself. Don't try to copy. Don't try to mimic He's trying to bring out what's in everybody, and that's the beauty of his teaching. Hello, friends. Sam Bennett here. Got a song I want to do for you about Mr. Milford Graves.
this is Derek Jordan. Thank you so much for joining us today on the World Fusion Show for this special show celebrating the life of Milford Graves. Um, it's been great to have you. We have lots of great shows coming up. Um, please uh, stay tuned to your friends. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook. And let's keep this World Fusion thing going. So, um, yeah, I'd also like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, uh, Mackenzie Family Charitable Trust, Dean's Beans, uh, Ron Dans, Nancy Feinberg, and Jeff Green. Thank you for your generous support. And uh, hey, as we always say on the show, remember, think globally, listen locally, and support independent music. You can check out the video version of the show by going to Facebook or YouTube and searching for The World Fusion Show. To support The World Fusion Show and to make more shows possible, please go to DerekJordan.com and click on the support page.